Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Meet Sports Alcohol for Monday, May 3rd. I'm Dylan. I'm JMO. Good catch yeah, there on the date. I yeah, really fucked it up. Yeah, May 3rd. Yeah, it's Look at that. already May. The sun huh? is shining. Yeah, birds Spring. are chirping. Birds are chirping. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, have a, we have an awesome show for you today. Uh, first, we're talking with Chris Lilly. He's a pit master at Big Bob Gibson Barbecue uh, in Decatur, Alabama. He's a world cha- champion pit master, author, and barbecue hall of fame inductee. We talk some sports. He gives us some grilling tips, and we discuss what it's like being a hall of fame barbecuer. Also, talk some shit about Guy Fede. Fe- you know, he's a yeah. fan. He's a no, fan. we talked really nice about him. Yeah, Chris Lilly actually. Guy that was a good guy. The biggest turnaround of all time, asking that question. And then we actually had some inf- insightful stuff to say yeah. about Guy Fieri. Like, who would have thought? Things. I was just trying yeah. to be a, uh, an asshole. Yep. After the interview, Dylan and I do some NFL draft recap. <clears throat> we talk about all their outfits. Like <laughs> Zach Wilson looking like an actual eight-year-old child. I got to say, not many of our... Um, Predictions it looks like are coming coming true for almost last none of them. Najee Harris them, did get drafted. Some of them are slow burners, so we'll find out in a couple of years if Kyle Pitts is actually a murderer. Yeah, Zach Wilson could still have to go on a mission trip. Yes, Urban Meyer could still get a heart attack from how good yes. Trevor Lawrence is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but we talk about pretty much everything we didn't talk about last week. So stick around for that. Listen to the interview. All right, take it away, Chad. We now welcome on Chris Lilly, pitmaster of Big Bob Gibson Barbecue in Decatur, Alabama. He's a world champion pitmaster, author, and barbecue hall of fame inductee. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for taking the time to to speak with us. Oh, no, it's nice. Appreciate the invite to the show. Looking forward to the conversation. Don't know where it's going to go. We've got a lot of topics here uh, via the title, but uh, I'm good with all three of them. That's perfect. Yeah, me sports alcohol is a bit ambiguous. Uh, and you actually check a lot of the boxes here between. We, we don't we don't get enough meat representation on the podcast, I'd say. So having you on is a huge, huge plus for us. Well, we can talk that or uh, just got through watching the draft last couple of days. We can talk sports or we can talk alcohol. So I'm good, guys. Okay. Well, what's your impression? <laughs> I'd love to get your draft thoughts. Where, first of all, who's your team? Uh, and second one, what did you think of their moves? You know, I tell you what, uh, I've been on the bandwagon since I was, uh, uh, gosh, old enough to stand. But the Dallas Cowboys have always been my team. Um, okay. I've stayed true even through the rough days. And uh, now I've got two sons who are Cowboys fans. So, uh, so yeah, love the Cowboys. Well, I'm a New York Giants fan, so maybe we'll stick with sport with meat for the rest <laughs> of the way. <laughs> uh, don't want any confrontation. I understand that perfectly. <laughs> no, that's all right. Although uh, the Eagles did y'all dirty, jumped up and got uh, Devontae Smith over the top in the first round. 
I know that was a huge bummer. And the worst part was I felt fine. Like when it happened and when we got Tony and everything, Tommy, I was like, all right, it's okay. And then the next day I just read like 15 articles that were being like, oh, the Giants got fucked over. Like this <laughs> all went wrong. And I was just sitting there like, oh my gosh, I guess, I guess I should be sad. But. Now, I think they made the best of the situation after the fact, but, uh, you know, they did get uh, hit in the jaw, I think, when it happened. Yeah, yeah. Were you, uh, were you pretty happy with the, the Cowboys picks? I feel like Micah Parsons is a, he's a stud. Oh, he's a stud, and I think it's the same way with the Cowboys. They make, made best of a situation that was dealt to them. I probably would have much rather have got one of the uh, two corners in Joe Horn or Patrick Sertan. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if Parsons pans out, like I think he will, heck, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, purely based on, on looks that it dude is scary as fuck. Like I wouldn't want to, <laughs> so I, you got that at least. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Cowboys, uh, linebackers, although, uh, they drafted them both high, they're a little iffy on, uh, staying healthy and stuff. Who knows yeah. if Van Der Esch is going to be with the Cowboys and for how long. So uh, are you originally from the, uh, the Texas area? Is that how you've been uh, a Cowboys fan? Or was it just growing up in the, the heyday of Cal- uh, Dallas Cowboys football? I think it was growing up in the heyday. I've, uh, born, I was born in Florence, Alabama, which is about an hour from Decatur. So, yeah, I've been around North Alabama all my life, right along the Tennessee River. So, uh, so yeah, it was just growing up in the heyday and uh, just stuck with them. Uh, yeah, fun, fun times. Totally. Also, give I got to give my Crimson Tide a big shout out as well. I've sent so much money to the University of Alabama. Uh, I can I can shout out for the, for Alabama anytime. So yeah, three kids all went to university. So. Oh wow! That's with the odds of how them uh, getting nine hundred Bama players drafted in the first round. I'm surprised <laughs> none of your kids your got kids drafted really in the first round as well. It seems like every person that goes to Alabama ends up. Being drafted in the first round. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a little crazy. Like uh, my oldest son, he was at Alabama with, for three national championships. So it was, you know, that's insanity. So, you know. I mean, I feel like if your son was in the right place at the right time, he could have just been Mac Jones. I mean. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even. Mac Jones is yeah. just some guy. <laughs> some dude next door, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just waited his turn. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fell into a nice situation exactly so it's going to be interesting how that translates to the pros i but, agree uh, yeah we'll <laughs> we'll see man but we do want to get to some meat talk while you have you because you are the barbecue pro um and one thing that i wanted to ask was just in the little intro that we had for you i mentioned that you were inducted into the barbecue hall of fame which is just so so cool to me you were inducted in 2016 um, and I kind of just wanted to ask about that. Like, what was it like being inducted? Did you get to give a speech? Um, where is the Hall of Fame? And like, just about being a Hall of Famer barbecue pitmaster. That's just like the coolest thing. Well, it, uh, the Hall of Fame is in Kansas City. And uh, the induction ceremony was at the American Royal World Barbecue Championship. There's usually about 500 teams there. but So there's, oh, all kind of bukus of people. So, yes, I did have to get to give a speech in front of my family and a ton of barbecue friends out there at the, at the contest out there. So uh, it was really surreal, uh, you know. And, you know, like I said, then it really goes back to, 
my wife's great grandfather started Big Bob Gibson's back in 1925, and that's the restaurant here in Decatur, Alabama. So it really goes back to him and how he paved the way. I'm basically standing on his shoulders, all the techniques and uh, and barbecue knowledge that he passed down from generation to generation. Um, you know, I'm, I was like the Mac Jones of barbecue. <laughs> I was just, I was just there and it happened. And I happened to love, love barbecue, love being in the pit room and uh, that art form of low and slow barbecue and in, in the right place at the right time, something I fell in love with. And, um, but I was the, definitely the beneficiary of, uh, of big Bob Gibson's and the generations before me. So it was surreal uh, accepting the award and, uh, you know, something I've devoted my life. I've been doing barbecue since 1991 full time every day, not only at the restaurant, but on weekends. I mentioned earlier, I'm going to the lake this weekend. You, you better bet I'm going to be barbecuing tonight, uh, you know, for family and friends at the lake. How much of a, how much of a hit are you at like family parties and things like that? Like, you know, Normally people are bringing their shitty ribs and you got, (laughs) I would guard, I would guard the grill with my life. If anyone tried to touch it other than you, I would deflect them away. It's, it's really a mixed bag. And I, I really probably enjoy people cooking for me at barbecues like that more than me, because, you know, it's something I do, you know, seven days Mm -hmm. a week, but, uh, but, you know, I like other flavor profiles and sometimes uh, something I'll taste gets me out of a tangent, but uh, sometimes you taste something and yeah, absolutely. You don't want to taste it again. (laughs) So it's a mixed bag of people. Either they want me there and want me to cook or ask me questions or, you know, want my input, which is fine. I enjoy that. Or they want to show off and they've got this great, uh, you know, flavor, great uh, recipe that they want me to try. Uh, the toughest part for me is, uh, when I try it, you know, you've got to read the person. Do they really want an honest opinion or are they just wanting you to tell them how good it is? And so, uh, you know, I'll go both ways depending on the person. Yeah. I imagine that's gotta be tough. Just like pretending to people like their barbecue is awesome when you're a hall of fame, uh, pit master. But I will tell you this, it's, it's, it's always an enjoyment regardless. You know, if, if I eat average barbecue, uh, I'm enjoying average barbecue because more than, uh, more than likely I'm hanging out with the people I want to hang out with, you know, and family and friends around the charcoal grill. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just can't beat that. Uh, you know, it's always good for the weekends hanging outdoors, especially in Alabama this time of year, the weather's absolutely beautiful. And, um, yeah, I just enjoy people. Yeah. What's your home? I will, I just wanted to ask this, like, what's your home setup? Like, I know you're, I think your home right now, you also have the lake house, but are you just decked out with different kinds of charcoal grills and different setups and everything like that? Um, or really yeah, just like you, one go-to item, I guess. I keep having to remind my wife that uh, this is what I do for a living. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to have just about one of everything on my back porch because Really, when I do interviews like this or travel around the country, you know, doing demos or corporate events and stuff, I get all kind of questions. People want to know my opinion on a pellet grill or a charcoal gravity feed grill or a, you know, Texas indirect uh, side firebox, you know, uh, cooker. So, uh, 
you know, they want to know my opinion on big green to eggs and Komodo Kamados. And so I absolutely have one of just about everything. I've got a tandoor wow. in the backyard. I've got just, I've got everything. So, uh, because I've got to be able to speak intelligently about the pros and cons of every type of grill, because usually the first question is, Hey, I'm in the market for a grill. What kind should I get? Um, well, it really depends on your cooking style and what you cook the most of, and then I can give them some input on, on what I like. I, uh, so I apologize for the potential pun here, but do you ever get burnt out from doing all of it? Like, does it, do you ever just like want to get takeout and just like <laughs> not barbecue for a day? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a regular dude, man. You know, yeah. without a doubt, you know, uh, every once in a while, a good fast food drive through is the way to go, you know, on, you know, coming home from work or something like that. But, uh, you know, I still enjoy the outdoors. Uh, I like to travel. I like to, you know, I like to hunt. I like to fish. I like to just, Hang out as much time as I can spend outdoors, uh, the better off for me, better off for my friends and family. So, yeah, put me outdoors no matter where it is. Uh, I don't have to have the best barbecue, uh, uh, you know. Um, I'm curious. So you spent uh, there's a lot of different videos of you, you know, giving instructions on how to cook. I know you've been. Um, I believe on like the Food Network before. I know one of my friends that when we said what you were having this interview said that he's seen you around on on different television events. So, um, what is it? How does it change when you're cooking like in front of the cameras? Is there like a different process you have to go through? Is there like nerves involved? Like similar to you know the first time that uh, someone playing sports in front of a camera would have, or or what's that like? Definitely uh, nerves, but it's a learning curve. Uh, you know, I've done it so much now, you just don't really think about it. You think about the people you're talking to right next to you. You know, if you're on today's show, you know, you're just, uh, you know, you're just cooking with, you know, Al Roker, you know, just hanging out with a buddy in the backyard. It's, uh, you just got to think of it like that. Um, you're, whether it's a good segment or bad segment, it really comes down to preparation. Uh, and you've got to think through and how much time am I going to have and what can I accomplish within that time frame. So if it comes to staggering, uh, you know, your recipe, having something fully cooked, having something half cooked, having some, so you can swap it out during the segment. Sometimes that makes sense. So you just got to think through the segment. But, you know, when it comes down to it, people are just wanting tips. They're wanting, you know, something they can do at home easily. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, you pick a good recipe, think through it, and and deliver. Yeah, it really just squashes my uh, my nerves that I have just making like pasta and tomato sauce for my girlfriend when I'm like, I really don't want to mess this up. This is much higher stakes in the situations I've had to deal with. Uh, so it's impressive that you know you're able to do that. Um, Dylan and I had another just on the topic of trying to explain cooking to people uh, or doing barbecue to people that don't really know what they're doing. Dylan and I were in college together. We were both in a fraternity. And basically our barbecue strategy for absolutely everything was just to pour beer on whatever we were cooking. If it was hot dogs, like brats, uh, burgers, steak, whatever it was, it was like, oh, Coors Light will make this better. And I'm sure that's incredibly ridiculous. So I was just wanted to ask you, that is actually incredibly ridiculous, right? And is there ever a time where it's a good idea to pour beer on barbecue? 
Uh, uh, well, for the most part, yeah, I'd probably prefer just drinking the beer as opposed to pouring it on my barbecue. But uh, there is something to it, uh, especially if you're cooking for a long time, you know, at a low temperature. You want a high moisture within your cooking chamber, whether that is pouring beer over the meat or actually putting a water pan in there to increase the moisture level. Mm -hmm. uh, because you want the higher the moisture you have in the pit, the pit or the cooker, the less likely your meat is is going to be dry. Okay, mm -hmm. it uh, high moisture usually means moist meat, so that's one of the things you can do. So a lot of people will baste, you know, whether that's beer or a sauce or or just any kind of liquid, apple juice or whatever, just to keep the uh, meat moist. Uh, you know, and that'll keep it, help keep it from drying out. And then, uh, you know, if you like smoke rings, that'll actually, uh, accentuate the smoke ring, uh, in the meat as well. So, uh, there is a benefit to it, but, uh, I prefer to drink my beer. <laughs> I think that was always the, uh, the excuse that we gave too. It's like, oh no, we're just adding moisture. We're making it juicy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, without a doubt. Uh, yeah. you know, you know, there's different styles of cooking. We talked a little bit about that in selecting your, your cooker. Uh, I'm a big proponent of just keeping the, the grill lid shut and, and just letting it, uh, letting the meat do its thing, keeping the moisture and the heat and the smoke trapped inside of the chamber as, as a, because every time you open the grill lid, you're, you're not only letting out the heat, more importantly, you're letting out the moisture that's been built up. Yeah. Totally. I, uh, so I, as you could probably tell from the previous question, am a total amateur when it comes to this stuff, but I love the idea of now that I'm, I'm an adult, I have a job. I love the idea of like getting into grilling, you know, buying a grill kind of having, you know, people over and having a barbecue. Like what, what would you say are some tips for like getting into it for a total amateur? You know, I would probably go with a charcoal grill. Um, you know, if you're really, if you're amateur and you want that control and, uh, but you still want great flavor. Um, you know, in my opinion, charcoal beats gas any day. Uh, and it goes back to the flavor. Uh, so I would start out with a charcoal grill. There's some uh, really great grills out there that uh, don't cost a lot of money. Uh, you know, take the Weber kettle, for example. You can do a lot of great stuff on the Weber kettle uh, both grilling and smoking or barbecuing, uh, if you want to concentrate on something uh, more on barbecuing and low and slow and keep retaining that low temperature for a long period of time. An expensive and inexpensive model is a Weber Smoky Mountain. Uh, you know, that's two, two options. Um, but the, you know, for the most part, I would start out with like a briquette charcoal, like a Kingsford charcoal, and, um, and that will help you maintain a a consistent temperature for a long, long period of time. Uh, when you think of barbecuing, especially starting out as an amateur, think of wood as a seasoning as opposed to a main fuel source. Um, you know, uh, at the restaurant, I cook with nothing but wood, but we've been cooking at the restaurant, you know, for close to 100 years. So uh, we've got that down. But uh, for definitely for amateurs, I would use a charcoal briquette base and add wood like a seasoning to give that extra pop of, of smoke flavor. Cool. That's good to know. I, uh, I can't wait to uh, start impressing my friends here with all this uh, barbecue knowledge. <laughs> yeah. I've, just one point to that though. I feel like I also spent some time watching your uh, videos before, before this and I'm also an amateur to barbecuing. 
Um, and it seems like to really be a good barbecuer, you need to let the meat sit for a while, you know, at, I think like, you know, just hours and hours. Uh, is that absolutely necessary to, to have good barbecue? Um, or if you're an amateur like Dylan and myself, like you could kind of just skip that a little bit and cook the meat a little faster. It really depends on what you're cooking. The meat and what you're cooking dictates uh, the time and the temperature that you spend on it. Uh, for example, chicken. I like to cook my chicken uh, at 300 degrees or higher. Uh, pork butt or pork shoulder. Uh, I would like to cook, you know, around 225 degrees, but I don't mind cooking at 250 degrees. Uh, ribs, 250 to 275 degrees, uh, really, and it depends on how thick the meat is, too. Generally speaking, the thicker, the larger cut of meat on the barbecue, the, the lower temperature that you would cook. Uh, and, uh, and really, it comes back to texture as well. Uh, for example, ribs, if you cook at a lower te low temperature, 250 degrees, uh, you know, it may take you four hours to get that rib done. But if you cook at 350 degrees, it's going to take you more like an hour to get done. But your texture is going to be different. Your longer rib is going to be more tender. Uh, the, the rib cooked at a higher temperature will have a little more pull, uh, a little more uh, toothy. But, uh, you know, you might get more grilled flavors, especially if you're, you know, uh, cooking directly over uh, hot coals. So it is a... It is a texture and a tenderness, uh, you know, question. It's a, it's a, it's a give and take. So mm -hmm. do you want it more tender or do you want it done a little bit quicker? Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And I guess maybe if I'm going to invest some time into this, I might as well get better at it and, <laughs> and invest the time and everything. We did just have one more kind of question, kind of, I guess, basic question about, uh, barbecuing. Dylan and I were absolutely psyched for this interview for the chance to talk with you. Even more so, my dad was ecstatic. He is also an amateur uh, griller and he took voice recordings of himself uh, with like 10 different questions that he wanted to ask you. I thought I'd pick like the, the one that seems most suited, uh, but with your permission, could I go ahead and just like play you some audio of, of my dad who had a question? Fire those questions off. We'll get them answered. Yeah, one more question about uh, the cleanliness of uh, the barbecue. So, um, you know, I've got friends who come over with a steel brush and, like, completely scrape uh, the grill to clean it. And, you know, I'm more of a casual person and just kind of let it ferment a little bit so I get the flavors from the, you know, from the grill included in what I'm cooking. And plus, those stainless steel brushes sometimes leave stainless steel on the grill, which eventually could get into your food. So just uh, some thoughts on um, the, you know, cleanliness of a grill. I spend a little more time on the grates than I do the entire grill. He, what he says actually has merit that you can do too much cleaning uh, on the inside. And what you have, what you're taking off is a lot of people return, uh, refer to it as seasoning the grill. So when you get a brand new grill, uh, it's not going to cook as well as after you've cooked the 15th or 20th time because the inside of the grill gets seasoned. So typically when I, uh, when I grill, I'll cook. And then afterwards, I'll uh, let the temperature uh, of the grill increase to sort of burn some of the stuff off of the grate. 
And then next mm. time I use it, I'll give it a quick scrub down on the grate, uh, maybe a little cooking oil on the grate, depending on if I'm grilling or if I'm barbecuing. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, you know, make sure you get the ash and, and everything out of the bottom, depending on what kind of grill you have. But, uh, but yes, I, I would spend more time cleaning the grates and less time cleaning the entire inside of the grill. Just scoop the ashes out, uh, make a turn and go. Um, because I like a, a seasoned cooker. I think as thrilled as my dad's going to be with having an answer to that question, I'm even more thrilled that that was a good question uh, and I didn't put him on the spot and it wasn't anything ridiculous, but it seemed to be fair. Um, but that, that makes a lot of sense. I think, I think that's kind of what he wanted to hear too. Yeah, that... The main thing is if you, uh, if you do direct grilling, you want to make sure that your grates are clean and they're oiled up. So the, so the meat doesn't stick. Uh, mm. The only, the other thing is, is when you put a meat directly on the grill grates, um, you want to make, you, you don't want to immediately start flipping or the meat will stick. Okay. Uh, let that meat, uh, you know, grill on there and it'll release some moisture and sort of uh, make it nonstick, uh, make it not stick as much as a quick flip will do on the grill. That's a... Uh... <laughs> It's funny when you're talking about the seasoning and you can't clean it too much. I was uh, scarred by my dad growing up uh, for putting soap in his cast iron skillet, which apparently is some, you know, giant no-no. I was like eight years old. I was trying to help out in the kitchen and my dad freaked out that I put dish soap in the cast iron skillet. So <laughs> this all rings very uh, close to home for me. <laughs> you, the majority, uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned that the majority or a lot of the grill grates out there that come on these cookers and smokers are cast iron. Mm. So uh, the same way your dad would get upset, you know, that you would put water and soap on the grill grates, uh, you know, uh, I might as well too. <laughs> all right, le less dish soap and a bit easier on the beer. <laughs> See, we're learning. Yeah. 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 Uh, we did want to ask. So, well, we had a, a few kind of sillier questions here. Um, the first is in the past couple of weeks, Dylan and I have spoken to a couple different guests who have been sort of the LeBron James or Michael Jordan in their specific area. We talked to a professional cup stacker. Uh, we talked to my friend who's on the Canadian women's national hockey team. Uh, and they were kind of self self-described the LeBron James or Michael Jordan of their areas. Would you consider yourself the LeBron James of barbecue or Michael Jordan of, of barbecue? Is there like a fair comparison there? Uh, I don't, I would not even go there uh, without a doubt. No, uh, you know, I just, I'm just somebody who enjoys what I'm doing both, uh, you know, at the restaurant, uh, you know, serving the public around here, but when I travel as well. So uh uh, all I can say is if I can go out there and travel around and, and teach somebody something about barbecue, get them interested in barbecue uh, and the outdoors and outdoor cooking, uh, that's enough praise for me. So, uh, so yeah, I'm a sports guy, and I know where you're going with this, but I'm not touching that one. <laughs> the good yeah, next, yeah, next thing you know, you'll be on first take, so be careful. Yeah, yeah across exactly. from LeVar Ball, being like, yeah. no, I'm the LeBron James guy. <laughs> Do you, uh, do you know, would you have someone like who is the LeBron James of cooking or is it just a lot of easygoing guys like yourself that uh, just like cooking? Yeah, there is. I mean, most, most barbecues are pretty laid back because it takes that temperament to really, uh, you know, 
you can't overpace barbecue, put it that way. You just put it on, relax, uh, enjoy time while the meat's cooking. And a lot goes back to who you're spending time with. But a lot of the people that I looked up were the people when I first got into barbecue. So of course, big Bob Gibson, you know, you know, here, here locally, um, uh, big daddy at dreamland, uh, was, you know, fantastic guy. Got him Mike Mills, uh, in, uh, Murfreesboro, Illinois. Um, but a lot of the, the guys that have, you know, had 20, 30, 40 years of barbecuing before I ever got, uh, those are the, those are the guys that I look, look up to. Those are also just great barbecuing names. I feel like you got to have like big in your name if you're going to be a, a Yeah, true I mean, that's something I need to work on. Yeah, you know? big, but, uh, big Chris Lilly. <laughs> let me uh, get a little older, maybe get a pot belly and uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'll go with, I'll go with big something. What yeah, about, sure. what about, well, I, I don't want to offend you here, but it just works well with your name. Like a rapper, you could do Lil Chris Lilly. <laughs> oh, that works too. Lil yeah. Chris Lilly. <laughs> yeah, uh, in the opposite direction. <laughs> One more sort of basketball comparison question here. Uh, I know you don't want to call yourself the LeBron James of barbecue. Maybe we'll settle on like Carmelo Anthony, Shaq, <laughs> something, something like that. Uh, when I was looking at your your kind of like spot in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, I noticed also in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, Guy Fieri. And as someone who's not entirely familiar with the barbecue world, I just wanted to hear your perspective. Is Guy Fieri someone that's like, well-respected within the barbecue community itself and has just kind of gone immensely popular through his restaurants and television appearances? Um, or is he kind of like a standout kind of guy that's not really accepted by the rest of the pitmasters? You know, Guy Fieri is very polarizing. Uh, you know, you either love him or you hate him. Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot of in-between, but, um, you know, the the Hall of Fame is sort of, you know, gone through transitions and stuff like that. And, uh, it, you know, at some point they were wanting to get, uh, you know, a little more notable and stuff and get their name out there. That could have been a reason. Guy, though, he was uh, he was cooking barbecue competitions for a while. He cooked at the mm. uh, American Royal and he used to be a staples out there every year. Um, I think uh, Guy got in it uh because because of barbecue but more about what he has done in the food industry and mm. uh uh so he may not be your typical barbecuer um but uh i think he's done enough in the food industry so he warrant warranted uh uh you know the induction i do have to give a shout out to to guy and here especially in the last year all he has done to raise money for the restaurants who have just taken it in the chin, uh, you know, because of COVID, I think guys raised over $30 million for mom and pop restaurants and given it out as grants uh, this over this past year. He's all done it on his own just by word of mouth and the leverage that he has with, uh, you know, the big corporations and stuff. So he's really given back. He's done a, a lot for both food and for barbecue. Um, you know, People will debate whether he needs to be in the barbecue hall of fame, but personally uh, I think the, the cat has done a really good job in the entire industry. He's kind of reminds me a bit of like maybe a Chris Paul comparison. You know, he has the skill, he is a good player, but also he's propelled the game forward. You know, he's on the players association. Um, No, but that's incredible for, I, I mean, you convinced me that sounds like he's done a lot for, 
uh, the community and for the industry and, and things like that. So I'm happy we got your perspective. We're Guy Fieri fans. <laughs> official meat sports alcohol stamp of approval. Yeah, yeah. You know, I tell you what, he would fit in. He would fit in good on this show, too, because I think he's got his own wine uh, labels out there in California. And also he's he's into not only wine and uh, and food, but, uh, you know, surely the surely like sports as well. I don't know who his team is. I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could. <laughs> yeah, we can find out. That would be <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, I have to get in touch with those PR people. So hey, and then uh, when you get him on, just ask him uh, what his opinion on Chris Lilly being in the barbecue hall of fame. <laughs> yeah, he deserving. <laughs> he has a really strong opinion on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll uh, certainly do that. Um, but thanks so much again for the time. I know we're kind of cutting into your lake time here this weekend, but enjoy your time. Um, and thank you for joining us. This was a blast. We really, really appreciate it. Fun show, guys. I appreciate the invite. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Now watch this drive. Meat Sports Alcohol is sponsored by Manscaped, the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and is now available in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, and the EU. So we got our foreign followers to uh, also have some below the belt grooming kits available to them. Uh, so we still have the uh, exclusive offer going for our audience. You can use promo code MEAT to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the movement and the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm just going to make a guarantee on behalf of Manscaped. I hope they don't fire us <laughs> i am going to guarantee that manscaped using manscaped products will take five strokes off your golf game mm -hmm. i'm just ready to say that if not money back money back guarantee i'll pay you out of pocket um it eliminates like two of the biggest challenges of golfing chafing, chafing. yep number one one a one b yes swamp ass oh yes I yes. think that buying some ball deodorant for Manscaped, I mean, that's like two of the biggest challenges. Like, forget your slice. How are you going to hit a good ball yeah. when you're chafing? You mm -hmm. get a good, you get a good trim, the lawnmower. Yeah. You get, so you slap some ball deodorant on there, go mm -hmm. out, hit a 65. <laughs> that's what, that's what I did today when I shot my 109. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed more ball deodorant next time. Yeah. Well. Next time. Um, just keep lathering it up yeah just take break at the, yeah, <laughs> just at take the breaks turn. in the middle at the turn just, yeah. just slapping all deodorant <laughs> on myself my dad's like what the yeah. fuck are you doing to <laughs> <laughs> so get 20 percent off and free shipping with code meet at manscaped.com ship to the australia the australia new zealand uk eu canada us Twenty percent off and free shipping with code meet at manscaped.com your balls will thank you. Do I gotta work in my Cardenese? All right, we're now gonna do some NFL draft recap. Uh, we've lost to get to a pretty exciting weekend for the draft. Uh, we have Aaron Rodgers just being an anarchist. We have the Giants not being idiots. You want to start with your Bengals first? Yeah, I do want to start with the Bengals. Uh, I I loved it. I think it was sick, and I uh, I can't wait for Jamar Chase to be, like, the sickest receiver. I don't even care if we're, like, 
seven and 10 or just where you just suck. Like if Jamar Chase is good, then I don't care. Even if our O-line sucks, I'm so annoyed with everyone. Like I got so many comments from people saying like, uh, you should have gotten an O-lineman. You should have gotten an O-lineman. Burrow's going to get fucked again. And they, and I just, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I'm furious. So I wanted just a personal vendetta for Jamar Chase to be the sickest receiver of all time. Like anybody knows who any, like I know. what I know. any of these guys are going to be. It's one of those things where I'm smart enough to, after I say things about the draft, be like, but I don't really know, but exactly. still make but incredibly bold predictions and like not yes. hold it against myself. But the Bengals are being talked about like so much. I, Did, I just sent you a tweet <laughs> that uh, do the Bengals have the best wide receiving core in uh, the AFC in North? The AFC North, <laughs> just just such a what a ridiculous yes. statement. I they I think you can take North out of the equation. Maybe the best in the AFC, just the, just the NFL, people, the NFL, NFL history. A lot of people. T. Are Higgins was a breakout actually. player last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd is Joe's go-to guy. Mark Chase is about to be a killer. Uh, yeah, as long as like we could, I would love it if our team is like a crazy high, high powered offense, but we still just like, like suck on D or just lose a bunch of games. Like if we're like the Falcons and we just blow all our leads, but we score like 50 points a game, I'd be happy. You're just Oklahoma. You're just like a big 10. Yeah, I'd be happy. I don't, yeah, it's just exciting. I'm just excited to watch games. Uh, and that's, that's all I care about. Also, I have to say, Jamar Chase, one of the best fits of the night. Oh, he looks so cool. He looked sick as fuck. I any doubt I had about not taking Panesul, uh, I saw that fit and I was like, "That's exactly how I felt." That's I exactly- had style. All the wide receivers looked really good. Waddle yeah. looked crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. They all looked awesome. Devontae Smith. So you feel okay, Devontae with that? or Devonta? Dude, I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea. Have you noticed that too? People started saying like Devonta, Devonta, Devonta Smith. That's what I, I just make it all one word to Devonta just get Smith. It. Devonta Smith. And just because I've been saying Devonta, like really Devonta. pronouncing the A. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's a, like a wine, like a rose. Yeah. Devonta. Yeah. Devonta yeah. Smith. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I uh, I feel good about the Bengals draft. Um, they also uh, did you see the kicker that we got, Kevin McPherson yeah. from Florida? Yeah, was that video real? Yes, that was real. That was real. That, yeah, if anyone didn't see it, go look it up. Yeah, he has a taped a Gatorade bottle to a railing in the indoor practice facility and kicks the top off. He grazes it just enough that he kicks the top off, and that right there, like made me happy about not only like him drafting him like just the entire draft i would say it's a success because we got that guy we could have taken him the first round we could have taken a pick number five and then you show me that video i'd be like i get it i get a it. santos I, situation yeah, yeah yeah uh early in the pandemic i got in a massive massive argument with some of our housemates jim Oswald. Uh, those guys just about whether if we threw a beer can from the roof of our house, a full beer can, if it would smash through a windshield, crack it or not crack it at all. Mm. And it dominated the better part of like three months of debate, yeah. just constantly yeah. trying to figure this out. I would have the ex- that exact same argument about whether that Coke video was real of him kicking the top off that thing. How is that real? 
That was absolutely real. How would it, if it, if there, what do you mean? How is it real? So they just put it like, do you think really? he doctored it? Dude, like, how many times it? did he try that? He was standing he there had for to... five hours. He should kick the ball 6,000 times. Trying dude, to first, he did it first cap. try. He did it first try. He's really good at kicking. Dude. <laughs> he, he would be, if he, if that was first try, that would be the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened. That would be the greatest athletic feat of all time. Well, yeah, good so I'm stoked about that. Yeah. And it's also cool to have like a good kicker. We have absolute shit kick, fucking fat Randy. I'm so happy to not have to uh, worry about fat you're Randy. You're not going to miss fat Randy though? <laughs> <laughs> it's having a good kicker is, is sweet. Like, right? Like, well, like I, don't know. I thought fat Parker. Randy was pretty fun of a character. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're not like suffering any Stockholm syndrome. You're, you're not like, <laughs> I love my kicker who misses field goals. Cause he's fat and he gets called yeah. fat Randy. Pulls his, pulls his hamstring. Uh, yeah, game tying field goal <laughs> from like twenty yards out. That was hilarious. Yeah, no, so I'm happy. How about your Giants? How do you feel about them? Eh, yeah, I guess they did okay. I mean, Gettleman finally traded back. He didn't trade back for like eight years or his entire tenure. He was kind of like a kid, like a small child that did something mildly cool and then there was just a lot of positive reinforcement so he couldn't <laughs> stop like jumping like doing a backflip into a pool or something he just traded back the first day and everyone was like holy shit he knows that you can trade back and then did it the second day and it was less cool like i don't really know i don't care yeah. tony seems okay he looks good worse he than looks, pits but he looks fast and he looks, he looks fast he also i will say any college athlete should like listen to this because tony went off i remember this clearly like the last like two three games of the season because that was just like what i was watching like i was just really into college football right at the end um so my only memories of him playing he just went for like 150 yards in one of the games and scored like two touchdowns in the other they just have to do you just have to do well when people are actually watching college football it's like March Madness in college basketball. Like, just do well when yeah. I'm watching. <laughs> I'll, I'm not, I'll think I'm not, I'm not going to do research. I'm not yeah. going to look at your like, sophomore year highlights. Just yeah. Yeah. I good, but I'm check, checking it out. Yeah. Uh, easily the most crazy thing of the entire draft was the Aaron Rodgers. Just oh, yeah. Blowing yeah. things up. Kind of just like took all the attention from the day such a such a sick move to just drop that like three hours before the draft you liked it oh i love that i that loved it awesome. too i loved so it so awesome and then he just flies off to the kentucky derby to just get hammered with his friend like just such a nice such a sick move i know my favorite thing is like all the podcasts and shit i've watched since the draft too everyone's like what was rogers thinking like you're not going to get traded day of the draft. Everybody has plans. And it's like, he's an anarchist. He yeah, just, he just like loves the chaos. Yeah. This crazy news event and yeah. dominated the day. And he's going to get his GM fired. It's sick. It's yeah. hilarious. No, that's how I, I, I imagine it. Like, it's like the, uh, like uh, from Mean Girls, when Regina George <laughs> just sits there and there's all the chaos happening. That's kind of what I imagine. You could make that into a meme. Yeah, verbal meme. Or verbal you make meme. it literally a meme. Make it uh, into a physical meme. Just make it ourselves right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I bet Jordan Love feels pretty weird right now. It's like yeah. stuck in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. He's just like, mm-hmm. 
Did I do that? <laughs> well, yeah, and he didn't. It's not like it's his fault. That was funny. That was good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah, it's not his fault. He's just like, fuck. It's kind of stupid though, too, because it's like that was Rogers. Like that was exactly his exact Rogers. situation. I know. I know. The exact same thing. And Aaron Aaron Rodgers is like, how dare you choose a quarterback before he's ready to play? Yeah, yeah, with a yeah, with a superstar like franchise legend. Like exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty idiotic. Uh, how did you feel first of all about the 49ers pick at three? <laughs> and how did you feel about Mac Jones dropping to 15 to the Patriots? Um, so I really wish the Niners picked Mac Jones, that would have been funny. Uh, I don't, I mean, like, there's no way any of us can actually say whether we think Trey Lance is good. How many North Dakota state games did you watch where Trey Lance was playing? Okay. Well, first of all, (laughs) I've never watched any North Dakota state games, period. And Trey Lance only played like 13 games. He played one game last year, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, he looks like he'll be good. He has the, we were saying, the people I was watching with, we were all saying he has the look. Oh, he passed the any, eye test for many. Sure. He looks, he looked the best getting drafted. He looked like a quarterback <laughs> about to be a superstar. Yeah. It also helped him that Mac Jones looked like an absolute idiot. Yeah. He got drafted. Doing like a principal <laughs> strut down the hallway. The walk, oh, my God. That little suit, his little pear shaped body. <laughs> it's crazy. His hips are so wide and his arms are so long. <laughs> yeah, he looked like an idiot start to back. He also he looked like an idiot even in when Devontae Smith got awesome. drafted and they were like so far away, you could just see Mac Jones in the corner, like unsure yeah. if he should run over or not. He Mac Jones looked stupid like 15 different times yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. I think <laughs> I think he's definitely going to be the new like he's going to take Eli Manning the the space that Eli Manning left for quarterbacks looking dumb. Yeah, like Eli face. We're gonna have the Mac yeah the Eli face. face. Yeah, Ooh, we'll get some Mac pictures face. of him at the beach. I can't wait for those. Oh yeah, those will be fun to make fun of. Speaking Feel of about ourselves. Yeah, I could be I could be an NFL like, quarterback. I look I would like that. <laughs> Speaking of stupid looking quarterbacks, we had Zach Wilson looking like he was oh, legit yeah. five years old. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He looked like a little kid like, dressed up to go to church. <laughs> yeah, he's the most stereotypical BYU kid on the entire planet. Yeah, yeah. If I had never seen that guy before and you gave me one guess to ask where he went to school, I'd be like, he's from Utah. Yeah, that guy that guy's mormon yeah yeah out him more than anyone else also looked like the biggest bust in a suit like just the suit that he was wearing the look he looks like a bust he'll we'll look back in like three years and we'll be like this is so stupid i can't believe we picked him at two it's like it's like now looking at mitch trubisky videos from when he got drafted it's like what the fuck were you thinking how look at him right there getting drafted he looks like an idiot he yeah. Like well, yeah, he did look pretty stupid. Do you think he's going to be good though? No. So speaking of us not knowing anything and being no. unable to make predictions, you don't think he's going to be yeah. good? No, I just, yeah. I mean, that's just, just gut. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you my gut. I, I, I think Trey Lance, here's my take. Here's my hot take from the thing. Okay. 
Um, everyone gave the Giants so much shit for trading up and getting Daniel Jones because they were like, you didn't have to trade up. Daniel Jones would have just been there. And Daniel Jones isn't that good. And I defended the Giants so strong. I was like, you know what? You find your guy. Like, that's your guy. You trade up. You get him. Like, no questions asked. You do whatever to get that quarterback. I, now that I'm no longer in that position, am entirely against it. I think the 49ers are dumb as fuck for trading up and getting Trey Lance. I'm not going to hear any other argument otherwise. Why trade up? You could have just, he probably would have dropped. You you think he would have been? At 12? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Also, I don't believe them that they uh, traded up knowing that they were going to get Trey Lance. Yeah, that was the – yeah, that they were like, oh, yeah, we were doing this just to, like, create confusion, and we knew that this was our guy. I think that's just what you say I, at the end. I think, it, I think it was total, like, confusion and panic and chaos in the 49ers front office the last three months. I think even worse than them not knowing, I think they like caved into like people on Twitter calling them stupid. Yeah, 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 exactly. That they, (laughs) Kyle Shanahan was like, oh, I really do want to take Mac Jones, but I will be crucified for this. So it's like I bought a pair of jeans not too long ago with like white paint splatter and ripped all over and looked incredibly stupid. I thought they looked sick and uh, sent out a couple Snapchats. Okay. And people were <laughs> kind of calling me out. Yeah. And uh, I had to return them. I was like, I feel. Oh, you returned them? Yeah, I returned them in like two you days. Caved, you caved to the pressure. That's what the 49ers did with Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. They were they were like, here's our guy. We love him. And yeah. he got roasted on Twitter enough that they had to do something that else. They yeah, Mac Jones is the ripped paint splattered jeans of the draft this year. Yeah, except he looks really good. He, Mac Jones looked good. Oh no, Trey Lance. Oh oh oh. Yeah. Oh no, yeah yeah yeah. Okay, yeah, in that yeah, example, yeah. yeah the, the yeah, jeans, he's the pants. Yeah, he's the pants. He's exactly. the pants. Trey Lance is the nice khaki looking Lululemons that I got to replace mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no nonsense. Yeah, and Zach Wilson is like chubbies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what you got? Any other? Uh, any other takeaways? I could go on all day. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple other. I got, I got a couple other things I, yeah, yeah. That, that I got to get to. First of all, have you seen the stupid shit on Twitter and everywhere about like the Trevor Lawrence lookalike? And it's this girl that just wears like mm-hmm. Jags gear and an yeah. Adidas headband. And everyone's like, oh shit, it's Trevor Lawrence. And then they're like, no, it's not. She doesn't look like Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Never once have I seen that those pictures that they post. And, and thought that looks like Trevor Lawrence. There was that yeah. there was that person that like two years ago, it was like someone took a Snapchat of a person at a bar who did look exactly like Trevor Lawrence. It was a girl that looked exactly like Trevor Lawrence. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Is it the uh, same girl that like, dude, I just keep getting, I've gotten like three bleacher report notifications of them being like, ha 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 ha. She Not Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, she <laughs> did it again. Like, how... Is this important <laughs> enough to be sending out notifications to people that have Bleacher Report? So silly. What did you think of uh, Trevor's suit? The little kind of like shortcut. I shirt, liked it, dude. I mean, underneath. he looked. I loved dude, it. He looked. He good. looks like a. I mean, he could. <laughs> he could wear anything. 
he really could. Yeah. 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 Uh, last thing I have to say. Yeah. This is like a legit sports take. Well, okay, maybe not legit, but um, the draft analysts and people talking about what teams people come from, from college, factoring into where they get drafted is the dumbest shit of all time. We should just stop talking about what teams people come from. Because, like, Justin Fields, the amount of times I've heard, like, oh, my God, only the third Ohio State quarterback to go in the first round or whatever. It's like Justin Fields went to Ohio State. You're drafting Justin Fields. He could have gone to another school. He's still Justin Fields. Who gives a shit about what team he was on? He was at Georgia before. Who cares? And another stupid example, Trey Lance, North Dakota State. Everyone's like, you know, they have a reputation, like, Maybe he didn't have the best competition, but like Josh Allen came out of there. They're like a good, like professional quality system to come out. Josh, of, Josh Allen didn't go to North Dakota State. Oh, not Josh Allen. Uh, Carson Carson Wentz. Wentz. Yeah, yeah. I just found sorry. I, we, I know we like facts on this podcast, so I just got to make sure. Yeah, no. Thank you for the correction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did some hardcore research. I found out they don't even have the same coach. North Dakota State changed coaches yeah, since Carson yeah. Wentz was there. Yeah, well, that's the thing about like Ohio State too. It's like they like Ryan Day wasn't the coach when there was all these other like busts that came from Ohio State. What's to say that like I mean, isn't that all that really matters? I don't know. I, I think it's dumb. I mean, I don't, I think I don't know why dumb, it matters at all. But I also, <laughs> I also think, uh, I mean, the Bengals seem to only draft LSU and Clemson players ever, so that seems to factor into their decision. Yeah. All I'm saying is, well, the whole thing of like pairing up players, you know, I feel like that is kind of overblown and stupid. Like Jalen Waddle go with Tua. I think it's Jamar Chase with Joe Brown. No, it's cool. It's it's cool. cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's super cool because it's my team. Like they're, you know, they're excited to play together. I want my quarterback to be excited about uh, who's coming in. They have the chemistry already. And there's all the cool uh, jersey edits that are really easy of just there like, you go yeah they all are just you know them hanging out and it's both wearing Bengals jerseys and it was it used to be LSU jerseys yeah it's yeah. kind of just like the other extreme though of the Aaron Rodgers situation where they're like we're not gonna run anything past you we're just gonna draft your replacement oh, and yeah. not we're, give a shit yeah. it's like yo Tua let's get your buddy. Like, yeah yeah you want to draft your best friend because we're yeah. on board yeah i mean i yeah they're also good players i get it for the bengals because it's our only shot at relevancy is keeping joe happy and if he leaves then it's all out the window so i think we're doing everything in our power to make sure that he's uh very happy which is you know if he wants to draft the team just let, draft, just let him draft, just let him draft. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Coach. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Do yeah, whatever if you he's want. happy, I'm happy. Sweet. All right, yeah. you got anything else on the draft? Yeah, the chair was so oh, stupid. Oh, fuck that chair. I hated that stupid chair so much. I hated. I also hated it because it's like, well, I don't think anyone liked it except for like Greenberg. And he just kept talking about it. He's like, if you remember last year when we did the draft in the basement and it was super depressing and it was the start of this terrible, terrible pandemic that has made everything terrible. 
here's a throwback and a reminder of the fact that, you know, everything sucks and we have to do everything from our basement. And yeah, like, like just, just move forward, just move on. What just, a fun throwback! What yeah, a, what an awesome. Do you also want to bring out the car that JFK got shot in? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Bring back all these awesome historical memories when we were locked in our basements. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really use it effectively. Pretty much everything the NFL does is stupid. The whole, all the auxiliary stuff of the broadcast, like anything other than the draft picks, is pretty stupid. Yeah. Just Goodell yeah. being unable to talk publicly, um, them just like shoving it down our throats about the vaccine stuff and all the different what <laughs> shoving it down. <laughs> yeah, the super vaccinated, the super super vaccinated crowd. Mm. Yeah, well, that was that was kind of funny that they just said like, "Don't worry, like everyone here is vaccinated." It's like I don't think you guys checked that. Yeah. Where was it? Cleveland? Cleveland, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say not everyone there was vaccinated. There's no chance. There's The entire city of Cleveland was at the draft. Yeah, I that was awesome. That one. I was very... Uh, it was it was cool having... I mean, it, you know, it was a little weird, but I liked Being it. Being people just like a foot away from each other. Yeah, yeah. It was great. I mean, the draft is significantly better with fans, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just booing. Yeah, Goodell and yeah, seeing the di- seeing the disappointment or just literally seeing them go to the the fans when their team makes a pick and them all just like looking around, not knowing the name, not recognizing anything, and then just like clapping is all. It's always the best. Yeah, <laughs> okay, the fan, yeah. <laughs> understanding. You can write a whole dissertation on the fans' reactions at the draft. Like mm-hmm. the fans cheering, the Jets fans cheering uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You don't yeah. know if Zach Wilson's nobody knew about Zach Wilson a year ago. Uh, and we still don't really know he's gonna be good. You didn't get Trevor Lawrence. Like, what are you really yeah. cheering for? Doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That was draft the NFL talk. draft recap. Quick uh quick bonus segment. Um uh gotten some requests to do some Champions League talk. What were your thoughts? Fuck, on the really... first leg, on the first leg of the semis, huh? Jesus Christ, Great. really putting Quite... it on the spot here. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any thought? What a goal by Pulisic, huh? I gotta say, so I missed. I was playing. It was literally mm. on my calendar Absolutely. to watch Ocean. this week. PSG too, huh? How do you think they're gonna do in the second leg? Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start betting money on it. I uh, I missed it. Missed both games this week. And it would, I think they started at like three my time. And every yeah. day at like 4.30, I just had like the least <laughs> amount of disappointment. I just remembered and I'd be like, ah. <laughs> like, <Shoot. laughs> the most minor thing. Like they forget yeah. forget to give you like a straw at a fast like drive through Like the least, I was just like, ah, ah. <laughs> like don't care at all. Do you actually watch? Yeah, absolutely. Well, what are I mean, your like takeaways? Oh, well, you know. I thought it was cool that Pulisic scored. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't think we should actually talk soccer. I think it was just you know, see if you wanted to, you know, do a bit. Yeah. Where you? Well, I could. I could. Soccer. Well, I just looked it up. Looks like PSG got a red card. So. <laughs> yeah, they imploded in the second half. Did they they looked really? great. Is yeah. that a red card where somebody's going to be out for the second leg? Mm-hmm. 
Really? Is this someone mm-hmm. good? No. Who who would I know? Uh, I f- you wouldn't know him. I forget off the top of my head. So oh, I, if you don't forget, if you don't, if you don't remember, I mean, I didn't prep. There's a zero percent chance that I know. I didn't prep. I didn't prep anything. Here. Oh, I got it. Did you say Goya? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idrissa. All right, well, let's go Chelsea. I'm a massive Chelsea fan. You are. I, I bleed blue. Hmm. How about Timo? You got to be disappointed in Timo's play lately, huh? Well, there's no team in Timo. <laughs> uh, so. That was talking soccer. I remember those days I had no rights. I remember those days I had no sticks. Next week, we sit down with Charles Bohm. He writes about soccer. And uh, we're going to talk to him about the Champions League, uh, as well as the quick rise and fall of the Super League. Uh, and yeah, finally getting some soccer talk. It's Bam. 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 We'll ask him. Yeah, we'll figure it out next week. Also yeah. next week, Mother's Day. I didn't know. I just looked it up because someone mm-hmm. was like, oh, what are you doing for Mother's Day? And I completely forgot about it. So now I'm being a good Samaritan, oh, letting nice. everyone who's still listening to the show now, Mother's Day is coming up. You got to plan something. Good call. Yep. All right, fam. Peace. Peace and love. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you gotta do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Because maybe.